Shall we begin? Let's begin now. On this week's exciting edition of No Accounts for Taste, we examine the top small business challenges for accountants to solve, some budget rumours, and of course, it wouldn't be January without some self-assessment discussions. So, hello there, I'm Richard Hatsley, and I'm joined this week by AccountWeb's Head of Insight, John Stockdyke. Thanks for having me, Richard. It's great to be here. And we're also joined this week by PracticeWeb's editor, Ray Newman. Hello, good to be here. Uh, thanks both. And it's fair to say that there's only one story that is dominating accountancy offices up and down the country. And it is, of course, self-assessment. So um, when this goes out, there'll be a little over a week before the big deadline day. All those long hours, client chasing, the sweat, the tears which have built up to this day will all be for the 31st of January. And I don't know, I'm just looking around, John. It seems... Oh, has it been an uneventful season so far? Oh, you'd be surprised, Dickie, Richard. It's it's uh, um, it's been pretty quiet. The last big fuss we had was maybe January two thousand eighteen, and we'll that was driven by some exclusions that that uh, that were released. That was on the twenty fourth of January, so really barely a week before the filing date. HMRC started talking about software uh, that certain calculations, particularly around top slicing relief, couldn't be filed uh, the way people were filing them according to the law and they were getting rejected. Um, that's the underlying, so that, that's one area, so we'll come back to exclusions uh, in a moment. Um, there have been some other interesting things. HMRC has been trying to help practitioners avoid common mistakes and pitfalls, but alerted people to uh, a lot of returns being filed as amendments, like the original return coming in as an amendment. Um, that There's been a lot of experiences. That I think human error seems to be the most regular thing about it. It just seems to be quite easy to tick an amendment box in some programs, but um, uh, people have been exercised about that and, and asking questions about HMRC's kind of process design there. So that was another another big story. Um, but as I say, this, this, the self-assessment computer systems, they're, they're usually pretty well resourced. They haven't really fallen down for many years. But uh, I looked on any answers this morning and our esteemed tax editor was tearing her out because it wasn't accepting her personal tax return. Indeed, I, indeed. I, uh, so, so for all our developer friends out there, uh, she was attempting to use HMRC's own software that that maybe isn't quite as fresh and capable as it once was, and uh, yeah, uh, she she may if she really desperate, well, she's she's going to try and wait till the weekend or sort of you know trying it at odd hours in the evening or mornings. But um, so so there seem to be some uh, kind of possibly question marks about the self-assessment systems, which are usually pretty robust, but all the fuss has kicked off about the VA, MTD for VAT program that seems to have a, a habit of falling over about the seventh of every month, uh, strangely, when uh, when everybody wants to file their, uh, their, it's the deadline for VAT returns. And that, you know, obviously in 7th of January, that's driving practitioners mad that they can't get the VAT returns in, but they've got all the self-assessment work to do. So there was a lot of ire and bile on HMRC's part. Uh, so there's just been these intermittent outages, which we haven't really experienced. With. It's, but that is in the MTD system, but questions are being asked about 
HMRC Indeed, systems. and if you take a look on uh, any answers, I think this was in response to uh, our tax editor trying to submit her uh, tax return, but uh, Dougie Morn, uh, County Web Reader, said that MTD VAT has been all over the place and uh, carried on and said that there has been constant and persistent problems with HMRC online facilities all this month. Um, and they think the main issue is that HMRC has no idea what the problems are. Whenever they fix it, the problem reoccurs within hours or even minutes. Uh, Dougie Monstrange is, is kind of one of our unsung heroes. I think we should give him a, or her a hat tip. Um, they've, they've really sort of uh, done sterling work on the community's behalf this month. Though. So, I mean, that's pointing out some of the obvious flaws. But they were the, person, the user who flagged up in September the Scottish tax, uh, the way HMRC was implementing the Scottish tax bans was incorrect in the formal tax return calculations. And he raised this to their attention. Um, surprise, surprise, those calculations have showed up on the 13th of December as exclusions. So you can't now, if you've got that scenario, I think it involves gift aid interacting with the Scottish tax bans. And I think there's a couple of other instances um, you have to file a paper return with a reasonable excuse form. So, so um, you know, the basic with taxes getting so complicated, HMRC doesn't know how to calculate it. And and this is so we're getting the the exclusions. You know, Dougiemon can do it, but HMRC's staff can't. Well, Dougiemon wins our award this month then for top self-assessment sleuth. Um, and Ray, how about yourself? What have you noticed on the front line? Uh, well, I've been trying to up my LinkedIn game in the last few months. I've been hanging out, talking to accountants and watching what's on their mind. And it's really obvious that they've, they've come back from the Christmas break and self-assessment is really all they've got time for. And that's manifesting in generally being pretty quiet, but to generalise, popping up every now and then to express frustration at the odd behaviour of clients. So uh, I noticed this week somebody saying that uh, they'd had to break, to break the news to a client that their monthly fee for accountancy services didn't cover their actual eventual tax bill, that they would also have to pay tax. Um, and people trying to work out how they're going to break the news to clients that um, even if they get their paperwork in with a few days to spare before the deadline, there probably isn't time for the accountant to do what needs to be done and they're going to incur a penalty. So there's just a lot of trying to work out how to... The frustration of dealing with clients who you've been telling for months they need to get something done by, you know, ideally before Christmas and they're still bringing stuff in at the middle and end of January. Well, I'm sure if it hasn't happened by the time we record this podcast, probably by the time it gets released, there's going to be a thread up on any answers of probably entitled that that stupid client did this <laughs> yeah. dot 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 the crazy things clients do uh the, the my other favorite thing about self-assessment season is it encourages probably the, some of the most weird and wonderful uh, questions on any answers they always tend to pop up around about january my by far my favorite this past week was uh, a thread entitled four-legged assistant so this was a sole trader client who had bought a dog um he's a psychologist the client not the dog and they have advised um whether uh, the, the the dog is there to help with client treatments, uh, they've capitalised the cost of the dog and their fixed assets, and put all the dogs through the and put the dog costs all through the books, um, and the dog goes home with the client. So essentially, it looks like a pet, but um, the uh, reader wants to know whether they're barking up the wrong tree and whether. Uh, anything could be claimed for this. The, the community was pretty much split. Um, Leslie Bynes said that uh, she didn't think that the reader was barking up the wrong tree. He said, unless the dog has hidden talents and it helps relax the clients and helps uh, start a conversation, um, it is essentially a pet. How did they cope without the dog? Uh, otherwise, uh, 
cloud counter said that they've got a client with a trained therapy dog and they put all the costs through the books so split on that one so certainly one to look out for on any answers and we'll talk a little bit more about self-assessment later on in the show but without further ado uh, we have a little bit more uh, information from you ray and last time you um, a couple of times ago when you were on the podcast you were talking about uh, a, a report that uh, practice web has uh, commissioned and this time you come with another report so tell us a little bit about this one that's right well we've got um, a whole program of um, research planned for this year where we're going to be digging in particularly into what SMEs want from accountants that's sort of the top level question we're asking Um, and one of the resources we have at hand is um, a website called UK Business Forums which uh, I'm the managing editor of and that is a place where SMEs it's a a well-established website and, and fairly active web forums are one of those things that in a lot of areas, died out a few years ago, but they still seem to live on in our, in our world because it's a place where people can come and share professional advice and, and talk to their peers. And UK business. I, I forums think you'll find Ray is kind of a superior user experience well, generally course, than the, uh, the, the, the that Twitter milestone, oh, yeah, the I'll Twitter herd, Twitter and, nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it but, never uh, catch on. <laughs> um, but people, uh, SMEs, there. It's usually people who are running smaller businesses. Um, quite a lot of people prop up there. They're just in the process of starting a business, and they have uh, fairly what seem like fairly basic questions. Others are real veterans who've been around for years and they like dispensing advice. But what we've got is this huge body of data on um, what people are worried about, what's on their minds, and and then also actually some of that um, qualitative stuff about what's really worrying people and statements about what they're thinking and feeling. So my colleague, Melissa Tradinic, who uh, has, uh, I think, what you would call a galaxy brain, has been digesting all of this data and has produced a report which we'll be releasing fairly shortly, which just breaks that all of that data down and specifically tries to make sense of it um, for accountants. What can you do based on this information we have about what's worrying SMEs? Um, so one of the I mean, headline bits of news out of that is that um, accounts uh, and finance issues are a big topic. They're a thing people talk about all the time on the forum. So although they could talk about almost any aspect of business, it's quite often things like um, VAT is a big issue. So we know that... Uh, VAT was mentioned in 259 titles of threads on the forum in the last quarter of last year. It's a thing that's more than any other any other single word. It's a thing that's really on people's minds. And that's quite often about how does VAT apply to specific products. So people, when you're putting together, as I do, accountants' websites and you're writing the content, you tend to go with these big headline sectors. And you realise that there are all these strange little niche businesses where people are you know, importing fountain pens from China or whatever, and suddenly all these questions come up. Is this strange item or this strange product you've never even thought about, uh, what's its VAT status? So there's lots of really specific questions like that. Um, and the opportunity there for accountants is answering those questions yeah. preemptively. And, and actually, Ray, I was going to say earlier... Um, some of those long-serving members are accounting web members. You definitely see some some old some familiar faces when we pop over to UKBF, and they're doing that precise thing of, of um, you know, th- there's often a mistake on accounting web where people slag off and tell like small businesses to go away if they ask a question here, which isn't quite the right way to do it. You know, sort of give them a morsel and say oh, that's interesting. You know, you will need to go into that more detail. You know, message. You know, it's it's a, it's a prospect. It's a yeah, it's a marketing exactly. opportunity. So the smart people, accounting web going to UKBF where they've got a great little audience for that but um, yeah. your your data acts absolutely matches what the accountants are asking on accounting web VAT perennial mm-hmm. top 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 question top topic for uh, reads and and in and, and questions so uh, yeah. yeah we're we see the same thing and you know in a, I don't think it just inf- affects importers of chocolate body spray <laughs> and uh, 
Jaffa cake uh, retailers. Well, I'd say the other interesting thing that Melissa's pulled out in her research is uh, the, the emotion behind some of it as well. So it's interesting looking at accountants feeling frustrated by clients on LinkedIn, as I'm seeing, and then uh, some of those clients, I suppose, expressing their feelings on UK business forums and people saying things like that, having failed to register for VAT on time, they felt nearly hysterical, having been up all night completely stressed. And it's just reminding people that there are real human beings behind it and there's real emotion in it. If you can, with my marketing hat on, if you can connect and uh, engage with people on that emotional level, you stand a much better chance of winning their business, I think, rather than that sense that I think, you know, sometimes the sense that an accountant is uh, can be a little bit sort of... I can say anything I like about accountants because my partner's an accountant, <laughs> that they can be a little bit less emotionally uh, intelligent sometimes. And if you can be that emotionally intelligent accountant, you get, you've got the chance to engage, you I think. take that pain away. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, another topic, John, that I know you're very interested in, MTD, which, um, as we've said, feels like a thing that was kind of uh, an issue for us a year ago. But for a lot of SMEs on UKBF, it's kind of has just become a live issue because uh, things came into effect last April, and it's finally got to the point where they actually practically have to do something. And in quarter four of 2019, suddenly lots of people popping up on UKBF saying, what's this about software? Do I have to pay for it? What's going on? Help. So all of that work that accountants did, um, setting up blog posts and pages about MTD and, and getting their MTD advice together will be paying off now, hopefully, as they, as they connect with those clients. But if you're... If you're not doing that, there is still an opportunity. People are still anxious and confused. I think. Yeah, it feels like there was there wasn't a time before MTD. It's, it's been with us for so long, mm. um, and we, oh, we were Richard, sort of. You, you, <laughs> so IXBRLs, uh, RTI. <laughs> uh, we were getting a sort of a sense of MTD fatigue on the site, John. But it looks as if out in the real world, out in the real world. Well, but it, it is. It's a fascinating insight, Ray, because because ours predictably built to a crescendo. In, in August, uh, that was the first first time the sort of mandatory stagger group had to go. And so it was August, September, October were all the first um, f first sort of experiences of the small businesses of, of MTD for VAT filing. So the accountants, I guess, got the first wave through and worked out they had a way of dealing with it. And, and it's really fell away. Um, the fact it's only just percolating through to the, the sort of s small businesses on UKBF is, is fascinating. Um, it shows, yeah, I, you know, partly maybe an educational issue there, but just that classic don't confront a compliance issue to you absolutely the last minute or after that, the last that minute. Tendency, again, it's that, that thing that people are grumbling about with self-assessment on LinkedIn, the last minute tendency. And, and interestingly, just tying that back to sort of evidence as well, we, the hardest audience in the world, the newsletter audience, you send a newsletter out, you, you know, it's very lucky to get people to engage with that. You, you, the numbers are often quite low. Um, and what we saw with that is that the, uh, a piece on MTD six months on got the highest engagement of any newsletter we sent out all, uh, last year. Uh, so people are genuinely interested in it and engaged. Um, it, it really prompted some interest. Well, fascinating stuff, Ray. And, and before we, we move on, uh, we we must talk budget. I know we're, we're probably going to be talking about this for the next uh, couple of podcasts anyway, but uh, since you were, I think you were here last month and we, mm -hmm. we were talking post-election and we were theorizing then about what could potentially be in the budget and it seems like a few uh, kite-flying exercises have been happening over the uh, past weekend. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? So well, the, the big story at the weekend was um, a story in the Times um, quoting Boris Johnson saying that uh, I have to tell you the Treasury is fulminating against entrepreneurs' relief because there are some people who are staggeringly rich who are using that relief to make themselves even more staggeringly rich. Um, and as far as I could tell, this statement just sort of seemed to float out of nowhere and, as you say, a kite-flying exercise. Let's see how people react. But um, bearing in mind the, um, the issue Boris Johnson has had in the past couple of years with being seen to be 
somehow anti-business. I, I, I don't know how he's achieved that, but he's managed to engineer himself into a position where he's anti-business, and this seems to almost back that up. I think it was the expletive business I remark that, that he... Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but again, I, I don't think there's anything accidental in that. I think he's calculating quite carefully how, where he can position himself. I find his arguments intriguing because I think if you're, from what we've seen, if you're a treasury insider, um, entrepreneur's relief is one of those complicating calculations that makes it so hard for them to get the <laughs> the tax liability calculations right in self-assessment so if you could if eradicate i mean you know it would be peace some entrepreneur you know, we would we would drain some of the enthusiasm for our uh, nation to invest in in speculative business ventures but it would take away not you know not all of them but one of those sources of uh, calculation so rhetoric aside it kind of fits with the general trend towards simplification and and um making things a little bit a little bit more lean yeah what fascinating stuff, and I'm sure over the next couple of uh, episodes on the No Account for Taste uh, podcast, we're going to be talking more, more, more about the budget. I don't think we can avoid that. So well, it's been to so long, Richard. You know, it's been, <laughs> I've missed it. Yeah, <laughs> not. And we'll, we'll talk about budget. We'll make some guesses, and then we'll see. Uh, 100% of them will be wrong. That's it. Budget bingo. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't finish today without um, taking a look at the. HMRC's annual frivolity is, of course, their annual uh, list of the most ridiculous late filing excuses. It's back again only this year. HMRC has decided to give out us the somewhat worthless prize of the worst excuse of the decade. So here is the uh, top of the top of the charts this week, this decade. The, the worst excuses or best excuses, depending on how you look at these things. At number six... Uh, this uh, late filer claimed that they were, they were at the top of a mountain in Wales and couldn't find a post box or get an internet signal. At number five, the always classic, my dog ate the post. And again, every year that one comes up. At number four, my hamster ate the post. We're going through the different pets. At number three, um, someone claimed that they've been cruising around the world in their yacht and they were only picking up posts when they're on dry land. So... Um, Perhaps they were going on quite a long trek there. At number two, uh, a DJ claimed that he was too busy with a party lifestyle, spinning the decks uh, in a bowls club. Um, and so for some reason, he couldn't uh, file his tax return. And at number one, and this one should be familiar to anyone who follows uh, this list every year, where someone claimed that their mother-in-law is a witch and they put a curse on them. And so for that reason, they couldn't file their tax return. And that one, oddly, they did accept. <laughs> um, and also on the uh, 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 on the Any Answers forum, you could tell that it's self-assessment season again because we've got the annual uh, list of what music should I listen to whilst I'm on hold with HMRC. And John, there's a few highlights that came out on that one. Oh yeah, I've, I've, I've uh, it, it, we went back and dusted off the the uh, Spotify playlist. Um, I, I particularly liked. Uh, uh, White Van Man, the account web member, they suggested that uh, Ken Dodd Tears is what you should be listening to whilst listening uh, instead of listening to HMRC music. Uh, A so famous lover of the UK tax system, <laughs> Ken Dodd. Indeed. Yeah. Um, and, and John, I think some favourites included. Oh, I fought the law and the law won. No, that was that was that came out this time. Uh, what, what were the other ones they suggested uh, this year? I was lost. Uh, Max from the income tax, the Sophie Tucker one. I, I did listen to that to just check that the list was still working. Well, I, I think my favourite was I think it was one of your suggestions, John, which was hanging on the telephone by Blondie. So be sure to look up that list when you're 
on the telephone the next time you're calling in um, to HMRC. So there's plenty there on the uh, the forum there to get your to get involved in. Um, but that's it for the show today. Ray, where can we find out a little bit more about yourself? Um, if you keep an eye on practiceweb.co.uk and we've got um, an active blog there that I post on fairly regularly and uh, also an insight section, which is where we'll be publishing the UKBF report in the next couple of weeks. Smashing stuff. And John, if anyone would be wanting to track you down any on any social platforms, where so can they find John, the unspellable stock dyke. So that's <laughs> John, uh, S-T-O-K, no space on Twitter. Um, I, I lurk behind the scenes at Accounting Web UK on Twitter as well, but uh, I'm, I'm out there on LinkedIn uh, as well. So all the, all the usual places. Great stuff. And for your news, be sure to check out accountweb.co.uk. And until next time, where I think we're going to be joined again, John, by yourself, and also uh, Rebecca Cave is going to be joining us then, and that's in a fortnight's time. So tune in, tune in then. But until next time, this is the No Account for Taste podcast. I'm Richard Hatsley, and thanks for listening. <laughs>